BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Without further ado, I would like to introduce you to one of my close friends, aka one of my best friends, Andrew Evans, the man behind the magic. You know what I'm saying? The man behind all the drip, Andrew. Brother here, you feel me? Going on, twin. Thanks for having me, man. You already know. Thanks for having me. It's, it's mandatory that we gotta, we gotta talk. That's it's very important for the whole environment. You know what I'm saying? And the whole trajectory of the game. You dig? I dig that, man. So I'm so know. proud of you, man. I, I, you said you were gonna do it, and you did it. Now we here, man. <laughs> yeah, now we here. Now we're gonna show the world what we about. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, Can't sir. Can't keep the underdog in the background for too long. You feel me? You already know. So like, not that know. we're underdogs, but right. some people might think they're ahead of us, but we let them have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we let them have that. But hey, well, well, now that we here, right? You know, we've been friends for a long time. You know what I'm saying? And and like. A lot of people don't know, man. They they try to act like they know, but they have no idea what it takes to get here. You know what I'm saying? And, and what it takes to have a big, beautiful, luxurious warehouse that you have right here. You know what I'm saying? So let's 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 take it way back, man. I want to go back to the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Before you know HFLA. You know what I'm saying? Before the big, all the trips and the lifestyle stuff. Let's go back to the beginning. Like how you started this, man. Like like. Tell us, give, give us the inside, man, because not many people want to be able to get this. Oh, man. It's a long story to be told, man, but I'll say you said a little bit before the brand, before Om Fem. Before Om Fem, I'll start you off this time, 2011. So 
So two years before I started the brand, around August 2011, I was 23 years old. I was trying to get a mansion ready in Palos Verdes that a woman that I had done some marketing stuff for uh, wasn't able to live in anymore because she got sick. Mm-hmm. So me and my brother and a few of my friends, we created this dope spot. It was kind of like the real world mixed with a little bit of frat house, mixed with a little bit of BET College Hill, mixed with a lot of house party. <laughs> and it was just this dope mansion in Palos Verdes, man, that was inhabitable, man. The pool was green. It was weeds growing everywhere. Carpet was dirty, but it was a mansion. And one of the things I will say that got me to this point just to kind of you know, just jump a little bit ahead was my ability to see things and see the value and stuff that other people might not have necessarily seen value in. Right. So, you know, I seen a, a frame, you know, and I seen a home and other people just seen an eyesore. So, you know, my brother had been doing parties since high school, 05, 06. Mm-hmm. And I kind of jumped on that wave, man. Like I was always, you know, know a lot of kids. I always knew, you know, the right people. But my brother took it to the next level, throwing events, throwing parties. So maybe around 2010, I jumped into the party game and started doing parties in Hollywood and stuff like that. And then going back to 2011, yeah. I had the streets. <laughs> had the streets you know, on we, smash. We had all the kids. We had all the streets. Just yeah. on a party level? Those on a like... party level, man. On LA Hype, on Club Anonymous, Club Kiss, just all that stuff my brother was doing. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing the Hollywood clubs, like the Colony, uh, Cabana Club, Empire Nightclub in Hollywood. Summer 2011, man, we took it to the next level. We had the house. We scrubbed that house down for a month straight, man. We got the pool clean. I shouldn't say this, he's gone now, but he knows my grandpa's Amex was a part of that without him even knowing. Yeah, we were hitting. Peace, grandpa, yeah. man, for real. You met my grandpa a few times. Yeah, yeah super we, solid, super OG, super player. When he would yeah. take that nap, I would take that Amex down to Home Depot and, and buy little pool rocks and figuring out how we can get the, the pool. Uh, to get the color back. Generator clean, yeah, oxidizing, get it clean and getting a new generator for the pool and the jacuzzi, man. And we found a gardener and one of my boys I went to high school with was a plumber and he fixed the gas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we were scrubbing them floors, man. And this time last year, I would say, we had our, our launch event for the house. Everybody was there. I know we was talking about Fasad, Hassan a couple yeah, of days Hassan, ago. Yeah. He would bring all, Hassan. Hassan would bring all of those pinup models to the house. And all the guys wanted to be there for the girls, man. And we had the jacuzzi rocking 24-7. We always had some tequila, some Hennessy at that time. <laughs> like, man, it was that was that, man. And we got the streets going. And then 2012 summer, my boy Bailey, who worked for Taz Arnold, who was like Kanye West Dallas, yeah, you know, like Taz. Tisa. Yeah, Tisa. Tisa yeah, they have the hats with the Tisa on the side. He's fire. He was styling Big Sean, Chris Brown, Kanye, everybody that was high. He was the guy. They did a South Park episode on them with the gay fish episode. Yeah, I remember you know that. what I'm saying? Like it was crazy, yeah, man. Yeah. He's still tight about that. I know. Yeah. So we did a party for a BT Awards weekend, and that's how I got into fashion. Like me and my brother were making like little merch for our LA hype and the billionaire cartel and stuff, but it yeah. was hoodies with our little party logo on it. And I had always had little ideas, you know, growing up, like we always wanted to make Jordans and, yeah, and create your own thing. Yeah. Custom you know, shoes was like the beginning of yeah. that. Yeah. Like, Nike ID and you know we was drawing stuff out in elementary little football players and stuff mm-hmm. so I feel like I always had the creative point of view my big cousins had all the Rockerware and the Inichi and all that fat farm Sean John stuff FUBU like I, 
my grandma wouldn't buy it. She couldn't afford it, but I always wanted it. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah, so I did the party with Taz and Bailey. We had ASAP Rocky DJ drama at Supper Club, uh, BT 2012. And then after that, they was like, yo, this was dope. Let's do something else. So I did a Labor Day event with them. Uh, I did a Halloween party with them. And that's where we bought your boy Trinidad James out. Uh, his song had not even really blown up yet. We seen it on what World Star. All go everything. We seen all go everything on World Star Hip Hop at my boy Bailey's house, and was like, "This is dope. We got to bring this guy out here." And right. nobody really knew who he was, and brought him out here. He did our party. We was ahead on that. We we always ahead on stuff. Survey says we've been ahead. Always ahead. We always ahead, man. Like people will tell you, man, we was we was buying dunks. 2019. <laughs> Way they, back in the day they before anybody thought it was cool. They didn't even see dunks. it. I said, yo, Flash, something is going on here. Why is Travis Scott and Ian Connor and all these kids wearing dunks, but nobody wanted it? Right. Like, right? So, you know, Flash and his boy, behind the scenes, Matt, you know, shoe gods already. But we always been ahead, right? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> years of being ahead, man. They don't, they, you know, they try to pretend to act like we ain't the ones, but... They know they try to catch on. They do it like six years later, talking about we the ones. We started this. You see? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. So I started doing events, man, and the events parlayed into me working with a fashion company, and then me just being around Taz and Bailey and then they warehouse, mm -hmm. which was respectfully much smaller than this. Since they told me I couldn't do clothes, I thought I'd get that off my chest. Uh, much smaller than this, but I learned a lot, man, and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them you know mm -hmm. so just being around them seeing how they ran the business i thought i had some ideas on what i could do and then i just started getting more creative and i started doodling little stuff and then one day i went to my boy you know, who was my partner at the time david and i said yo we got to do some stuff and once again like they told me I, I couldn't do clothes so i made some little beanies and it was like the 2013 beanies Start making little t-shirts and stuff and i showed it to them and they said that's cool but you were you a promoter you don't do clothes oh they was trying to put you in they're trying to box you in and yeah. try to not like, let you even flourish in any way yeah but i mean i don't think no one could have i couldn't even have envisioned it turning into this like right. i mean of course i wanted to be like sean john or rock aware but you know there was no path mm -hmm. here like there was no it wasn't like i sat down and said in 10 years i'm going to be <laughs> that you was going to be doing it the like biggest this. black owned brand in the world right you know one of the most recognizable streetwear brands in the world like i couldn't have said that right who was who was you looking up to at the time like as far as designer and stuff like who was you looking up to when you was making your stuff as a kid or just like in the present just when I like as brand? you were starting as you were starting who you was looking up to like uh, in order to like to try to you know i mean actually go at them you know it's a competitive sport like yeah, I mean, people don't like when you say it's a competitive sport, but being competitive doesn't necessarily mean that you got to want bad for the next man. Yeah. I, I said this yesterday, I, or it might have been today or yesterday. I told my brother, man, I said, look, it was yesterday. I told my boy John Andrews, I said, look, I want you to win. I want to win, right? Mm -hmm. I want the best for you. Right. But when Michael Jordan got on the court with Barkley, nah, he didn't want not, Barkley to want win nothing. smoke with everybody. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's, this is a sport. Like, yeah. Barkley was getting his millions. He was getting his endorsements. But Jordan didn't want him to be the best. Right. When they was going one-on-one, -on -one, he wanted to be the best. And that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, but when I first started, man, I, when I really started getting into high fashion because of Taz and because of my, it was really Bailey, man. Like, Bailey was the kid in the streets that was doing all of Taz's legwork. He, he had the youth. He brought the stuff to him. That's why I keep young kids around me today because I understand they know what's dope 
And I don't think I would be where I'm at without the help of my team and people. I, would, I was once that young kid. Mm-hmm. Now I'm mid, you know, early mid thirties, and I got to keep a 21 year old around me too to let me know who Yeet is. Right. Who, yeah, <laughs> you know who Yeet saying? is? For a fact. Yeah. I wouldn't know who Yeet is without him. Like <laughs> so, yeah. I was looking up to Rick Owens, man. I found out that Rick Owens went to LA Trade Tech, which is like a trade school well, down I here. I didn't know that. I didn't like, know that he went to LA Trade. Yeah, it's not even a junior college. You know, you got the four-year universities, you got the junior colleges, and you got the trade schools, mm-hmm. you know? A lot of people get a lot of money out of trade tech, but it's kind of looked down upon out here. You know, it's kind of like you got to go to trade school so you can get you a trade, so you can be some type of carpenter or plumber or something. But Rick Owens went to the fashion school, or Rick Owens is one of the goats of fashion. Like yeah, I didn't he, know that. He created his own universe. Yeah, I met his wife. I met his wife at the Kanye thing. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I told her that one of my friends met her at the Kanye thing, and I met her uh, out in London on the Eurostar going from uh, Paris to London. Mm-hmm. And then we seen her at the Soho house in London. And then I was outside of the Rick Owens show in Paris, and she seen me and got me in. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com blueprints. Whoa, she just walked right in. And you're like, babe, come in, come in. I walked in with three of my friends. Ah, uh, yeah, super yeah. solid. Yeah, so she's a super full solid. Full circle. Yeah, it's a full circle moment, man. Like, I just feel like we got that energy, right. you know? I mm-hmm. feel like the universe wants to give us abundance, man. And whenever we get together, you already know it's 
It's automatic. Yeah, yeah. Everything. We walk through doors. It's real Casper lifestyle when we be moving around. Yeah, like, you already real know, life. bro. And like, like, so, so now that, now they know kind of how it started, you gave them like inside stuff. So we gonna go straight to the, the funk when niggas know, you, they know what happened, bro. Yeah. Right? So, so let's talk about Chanel, man. Like, like when that happened, like the, the tea was, was crazy. I didn't know what was going on. This is way before I even knew you. Yeah, I met but you in 2016. I it, yeah, I saw it though. I definitely seen it. Cause I was in New York with Ryan Leslie running around and come to find out you was doing Ryan Leslie stuff that I was wearing when I was traveling with him. And that yeah. was before I even met you. So yeah. let's talk about the Chanel like crazy controversy. So that was wild. I was working with Tisha, working with Taz, running the streets with my boy Bailey, mm -hmm. and I had all these ideas, man. And I, you know, I was seeing Michael Jackson. I was seeing the Madonna, Michael Jackson vibes. Mm -hmm. I always been inspired by the emergence of culture, bro. Like I always wanted to figure out. Drake said something that really caught me. He said. Uh, he said something about making good figures and getting the hipsters to merge in with the hood, dude. Right. Right? So, like, for me, like, my brother was throwing parties. He had the kids in the inner city, right? For me, on top of my brother's platform, I was trying to figure out how we could get that other crowd to mix with his crowd. Mm -hmm. And I, we kind of had, like, a brotherly rivalry because I thought my parties was a little bit more diverse than his. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I was always trying to figure out a way to, like, get stuff done. Like, so... I said, yo, like, I seen this trend coming, man. Uh, when I was with Bailey, we used to have little kickbacks at his house every night, pretty much. And I would see these cool New York kids or, you know, kids that was up on fashion pulling trendy, up. The trendy vibe. Exactly. So I seen Ian Connor before when he had 9,000 followers. Before mm -hmm. he was, before he proclaimed himself the king of the youth. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I seen him at Bailey house. And one of his, like, young dudes that was running with him was a kid named Tracy. And Tracy had on a freaking off-white not even off-white, Pyrex. Mm -hmm. He had the flannel shirt that said Pyrex 23 on the back. Uh, and I you're said- You're talking about the original and virtual I said, vibe. And they had like the stones on it. Yeah. I was like, bro, that shit is hard. And I seen it and I seen what they were doing. And like you said, by that time I had started to understand where fashion was going. Right. And I seen what Virgil was doing, just, you know, mixing the streaks with the high-end aesthetic. I'm like, man, I could do that too, man. That's right. me. That's me. So I seen the Pyrex stuff, man. I, I seen the Rick Owens stuff. I was running around with 40 ounce van at the time mm -hmm. uh, through Tisa, of course. He was hot, bro. Like he 40 got, was doing parties, right? 40 was a party promoter. That's something okay, that yeah. we have in common. You know, that's something him, me, 40 and my little brother, Twan, actually have a really great relationship now. He met Twan through me, mm -hmm. but they like, have a really good relationship now because 40 is a street kid from the Bronx. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he like was doing events. Mm -hmm. Like, so that's the background that he had. And I think a lot of people in this game, even Jerry Lorenzo right. was a party promoter. Fear God. It's crazy. That's, I think it's the yeah. way that they get the people. Like, when you have the people already yeah. following you, just give them some something exactly. they want. Because everybody want to have a good time. Yeah. Like, no, everyone out there, man, you know, it's. I, I feel like it's two ways you can get people's attention. One, you got the, the shoes and the drip. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're the shoe guy, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you connect and you network with a lot of people as your friend. You know, I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. Second is parties. People want to be able to get into the club. They want to be able to get... They want access. They want access. Third is through the girls. Right. You got the girls, you getting in the party. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You got the drip, you getting in the party. Like, but the, the main thing is just to socialize and be a part of the culture. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, I started that and I seen that coming, bro. And I've, I've, I've always been ahead, man. I'm not going to say, like, I'm the most futuristic person, but right. I'm, I'm always ahead of the masses. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes I'm ahead of the, the people that think they're the gatekeepers too. Right. Not you know because you're just a visionary and just because you don't say it publicly, they think that you don't know. You wasn't the one that said it first. I don't even got to say it, man. Look where we at. Right. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. Like, you can this, see it with your own eyes. This is not, respectfully, this is not Alabama. This is LA. This is not cheap real estate. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it costs. And this ain't even one part of the This is just one small part of it. Of it. Yeah. We'll so, get to that. We'll show y'all that later. But So I sat down with my boy David, man, and at Starbucks, and I said, we need to make a hockey jersey, and we need to put these designers on it and stuff, names on it and stuff. So we collaborated, and we sat there at the Starbucks in Torrance off of Sepulveda and Figueroa, I want to say. I want to say it was right there. It's, it's right off the 110 freeway exit Sepulveda, mm -hmm. right across from... A Chase Bank. If you're from LA, from the South Bay, you know where that's at. So we sat there and we made some hockey jerseys. We made the Chanel inspired jersey. Mm -hmm. We made the Fendi inspired jersey. So the Chanel one had like it was like a real hockey sweater. It had the stripes on it. Had that right there. It had the two C's on the front. On the back it said Coco number five with a home fem tag. And we made the Fendi one. We made a Rolex one that never came out. We made like a Jesus one. And we went to the mall. And we wanted to source. So, you know, me and David, I got respect for David, mm -hmm. you know, but we're not necessarily like social anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm telling you this, I never said this on camera before, but I got the, the receipts. He feels like I stole home film from him. Mm -hmm. But the, rea and the, the reality is, the truth is, if you put a gun to his head, he would admit it that he gave up on home film. He right. didn't think it would go that far. Mm -hmm. You know, he had someone that was a mentor to him that was investing in him that told him that I was a young buffoon and that I was unproven that that he wouldn't work with him no more if he sided with me. Right. I think if he sided with me, it'd be he'd be further in the in the fashion space. If, if he's he big in the fashion space, yeah. but he he's not he's an artist. He's mm -hmm. not necessarily like a he doesn't see like business. Right. Mm -hmm. Me, I think my gift that God gave me is. I am very, very like talented at seeing the future, seeing an opportunity, and I'm really above average at taste. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I have the greatest taste level, but like I said, I, I'm more tasteful than most people. And I think that I'm able to provide that to a segment of the population that people don't see as tasteful. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like people don't really look at the hip hop community, the inner city community as having a lot of taste. but we do. Mm -hmm. We we came up with pride. We came up with manners, you know. Like and we do. We just might necessarily be able to buy into that lifestyle all the time consistently. Correct. But that's what we're providing them in consistency. Mm -hmm. So we made that those jerseys, and just to distinguish the the taste level, he wanted to put it on a Swap Me Pro Club hoodie and I'm like sweatshirt and I'm like nah this ain't He's it. He's like yeah, I want to go cut and sew with this. I'm like this not it. We got to find a better hoodie. So I went down to American Apparel and found like a better hoodie. I'm crew neck excuse me to put it on. I opened up the American Apparel account. We made the sample at the mall. The moment we got that sweater off the presses at the Delamo mall we threw it on them in front of the little Chick-fil-A took some photos. Everybody in the mall was just like Where'd you get that from? Man, it was up on it then. They wanted to buy it from first day, fresh off the first press. Day, everyone crazy, was looking, bro. It was, like, it, was, it was it was heat. Like it was literally like straight heat. Off the presses. So we knew we, I knew we had something. 
We did a photo shoot at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Mm-hmm. We just drive. It's funny because you know, so I've been doing this for so long that, and I, I don't mean to overtalk you. Nah, you good. I've I want. I want to hear this. This yeah. is crazy. This is stuff I I never knew, and I've been this man friend for years. I've been doing this for so long that I forgot that the first official on film photo shoot, unofficial because the Beverly Hills Hotel didn't say we could do it there, was at the Beverly Hills Hotel, the Polo Lounge. Mm-hmm. I was doing a couple, like a couple dozen, like in the first month. And then Tiana Taylor's, one of her background dancers seen it and said that he and Tiana wanted one. So we made them one and we sent them one and she put it on Instagram and it blew up even more. But it was already hot on the streets though. It was already blowing up in the streets. It was, it was, it was hot in the streets. Uh, stores wanted it. A mm-hmm. few people wanted it. My little, I'm not going to even call him my little brother no more. One of my younger friends uh was in the clothing industry already and he had uh had a, a store in hong kong that he sold to and the store in hong kong seen it so they bought it then the store in las vegas called new bought it and tiana wore it and then it went crazy online and people started ordering it all over the world see so you was already outside the country on your first tee My, like your first shirt like that we was global from the start that's crazy and we still are you know, know what I'm saying? You yeah, know real life. You know that? Yeah, we we was literally global from the start. I just realized right now that our first photo shoot was at the Beverly Hills Hotel. That's why it makes sense that the energy for what we dropped is so good. Yeah, especially you know with saying? the Beverly Hills type vibes and like the colorways and stuff like that. How that's kind of like embedded in your mind, like by by showing that. Because yeah. I've seen that a lot. Like I actually a couple things I've seen you do that, like that yeah. colorway. Yeah, uh, it's crazy, bro. <laughs> it's crazy how things just really add up when you think about it. But when they hit you, when they hit you, how did it feel like for the people listening and the people back at home watching? Like, how did it feel like when they hit you, like like when the cease and desist came, like like the litigations, like because that stuff like that, a lot of people are not built uh, for that type of pressure when it happens. You know what I'm saying? Like they just hit you over your head, and then you don't know what could happen. You know what I'm saying? You. Could, Nah, like, I don't know. You feel yeah. me? Well, I mean, obviously you're referring to us being sued by Chanel in federal court. <laughs> yeah, that, that, so, I'm trying to get, that's shit, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to tie it up for you, right? I'm going to yeah. tie it back and tie it up for you. So remember I told you about that party house in uh, Palace Verde? Yeah. 61 Rockin' Horse Road. Matter of fact, I'm gonna have to like you know J Cole did that Four Hills Drive album. Yeah, you might, might have, have to go to do, sit on a roof up there. We might have to do a collection called Sixty One Rocking Horse. Whew. Let me put that in my notes. One yeah, second. you definitely put that. in your I, notes, I put everything in my notes, man. Uh, yeah, that's crazy to bring it back. Like, yeah, that's, that's tough. Just so I don't forget, that's a lesson I learned before clothing, before parties. Mm-hmm. I was doing like some little multi-level marketing, prepaid legal stuff. I used to go to the seminars that called me taught me a little bit of business structure. One of the things my mentors always said was, uh, just write your ideas down, man. Pay, write them down, put them on paper. That was well before the iPhone notes. Yeah, right before the know? iPhone notes, you had to put them on sticky notes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Basically, just tying back in the house in Palos Verdes to the start of the 10-year the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 2011 to 2022, 11 years now. Lucky 11. So we had the Chanel sweaters. You know, it was hot off the presses. Tiana Taylor put gas on it. The Instagram made it global, you know what I mean? And it was in Asia, it was here. It's the hottest shit out at that. Like I said, you know, I seen Pyrex, right? Mm-hmm. And literally, bro, the hottest things in the streets was the Om Film Coco Hockey Sweater, the Pyrex 23, 
and Hood by Air. Three. So you was right there when Virgil was heating up. You was right there at the same time. I didn't time. have no Kanye though. I had something bigger though. I, I had something bigger though. I had I had the streets. You had the streets, but and you had overseas though. That's different. We had the streets overseas too because when I went to Hong Kong for the first time, kids that's just like us were the ones that were buying the brand. We got like a little code name out here in a, in, a, in a warehouse, as you can see with the with the core team. We call them Pookie and Ray Ray, right? So there's two guys because our demographic is 18 to 25 and then 25 to 40, right? Mm -hmm. So Pookie and Ray Ray is like the code names like for like the consumer, right? A yeah. guy. It's a guy. So you got an older guy that dresses young and a young dude that doesn't know what he's putting on. Right. And that guy's everywhere. That guy's in France. That guy's in Hong Kong. That guy's in Dubai. That guy's in Tokyo. You talking about Ray Ray? We're talking about both of them. Okay. You know? Yeah. And since we span that generation of like us being like in our mid 30s, yeah. our older cousins being like 40 year older brother, mm -hmm. and then the younger kids, you know, like our little cousins and stuff like that, mm -hmm. we span that. So, like I like to say, Om Fem is so successful because it's a generational thing of culture from hip hop to sports pop culture, like it's everything. It's a diverse group of people that are all around the world. And like, yeah, so the hockey sweater went global. Like we had Khloe Kardashian, we had Diplo, Tiesto, Keisha Cole, of course, Tiana Taylor. I, I love you so much, Tiana Taylor. Like whenever Om Fem sells for a billion dollars, I got 50 mil for you. Not that you need it, but you know what I'm saying? Like kind of how Kanye, you know, like in uh, Benny Seal. Yeah, to get to get back. Yeah. 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 So yeah, man, it went global, man, and it was everywhere. They were knocking it off. Alibaba had it on there. AliExpress. It was the biggest thing ever. It was on Jimmy Kimmel. We really messed it up for us. We was low key, man, doing it on my grandpa's garage in Compton, and when it was on Young Jeezy, word on Jimmy Kimmel. What? Two Chains had it on. Chloe Kardashian had it on, French you Montana. The two biggest things that really got Chanel's attention had to be Wiz Khalifa wearing it. He was hot at that point. And and damn, Young Jeezy word on Jimmy Kimmel Live. <laughs> on ABC. And boy, when I tell you that I came home one day a year later. That might have been destroyed. I hope the camera was back. They seen that and it was like, it was. Oh, nah. It's yeah, for sure it was. It was. My big brother, Exclusive Game, who just left, he had a variation of it too. Everybody was remixing it. So Chanel was like, finally figured out who I was. They sent a cease and desist letter to 61 Rockin' Horse Road. But I lived there in 2011 from August to November 2011. I was gone by then. This was three and a half years later. So you didn't even receive the letter. I didn't. And being some dumb little kids, you know, we trashed the place when we left because the lady was like, yo, these kids took something and made it, took nothing and made it something. She decided she wanted to live there again after we done put thousands of dollars yeah, into it. Yeah. So she said, hey, man, I might as well live there, too, and be in that swimming pool with everybody else. Her nephew, who I went to high school with, uh... And a kid named Devin, who is still around today doing like dope stuff in the industry, had introduced us. And I guess she decided, you know what? She's seen the value in the house again. Right. So she wants to live there. So us being young and dumb, we said, nah, that ain't cool. And like left poop in the pool and glass in the pool and stuff. Like, so she had an axe to grind. 
So Chanel took a cease and desist there. They didn't know I was back at my bro. It was my little brother Banks. Free Banks, by the way. He's like, yeah, yeah, before that, let me let me doo-doo in the pool. And I like, and I and my better instincts told me not to do that. But being 23 and he was what, 18, 19 at the time, like, we just did it, man. And like that came back to bite me in the butt <laughs> without me even knowing because Chanel sent that cease and desist letter there. On my behalf, she responded. You know, she responded on your behalf? She responded. They sent me a letter uh, of her, of a response that was supposed to be for me, but it wasn't. And it was very inflammatory. It was like, F you, Chanel, and you think this is a joke? I don't think she knew that. She thought, probably thought it was a game or something, you know? Or, or yeah, maybe. She probably didn't think that was real. Bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or maybe she did and thought it was a way to get back at me. Yeah. So Chanel got them letters back from her and. They decided to sue me in federal court. So they found my real address by this time. And I'm out with my friends having lunch. And my little brother, Twan, calls me and says, I got served by Chanel. And they're demanding $2 million. What? Yeah. In that moment, what was you thinking? Like, in that moment, that Chanel, when I seen it in my hands, I seen the Chanel and I seen the law firm and stuff like that. In that very moment, I said, my life is over. <laughs> He's like, yo, I'm about to die. I would have had a heart attack. I said $2 million. Like, I think to that point, I had probably grossed two, 250 grand. I didn't have 250 grand, of course. Mm -hmm. I was enjoying the fact that I had money, good money for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. Really enjoying it. Right. Doing what we do today, traveling and eating good and just being a young kid with a lot of money. And when I seen that, I told my friends, I said, my life is over. Nice knowing y'all. Right, because you're like, I don't, I don't know how the hell I'm going to be able to pay these dudes back this type of money. It's super hard. You just started out. Like, I just thought about it, man. I said $2 million, best case scenario, 10 years, you know? Yeah. You don't really think about giving all your money to they someone. They wanted you to recoup. Like, what were they trying to do? And when they sue you, how does that even happen? So, I can't really say much about it uh, as far as our deal. Just know I didn't pay them $2 million. Mm -hmm. You know, legally, uh, I paid them two hundred and fifty grand. Mm -hmm. But between you and I, it wasn't even that. Bro, I, I just basically, like, my cousin wasn't a lawyer at that point. You know, I, I wasn't going to go to anyone else in hindsight now and do that. I just kept it real with them. They asked me to cease and desist. I sent them my remaining inventory. I stopped making the sweaters. And over, like, seven months, we just went back and forth with their lawyers via email and via phone. And I let them know, like, yo, I'm from Compton, man. I'm not, I don't know who y'all think I am. Like, I... I'm not some big corporation that's doing this. Right. And all them people that are doing the sweatpants with the CC on it, Look, that I say home fam, camouflage city. People were making bootlegs of our stuff. And it wasn't a Chanel bootleg because Chanel never made a hockey sweater. So there was bootleg and a bootleg. There was bootleg. Yours was said they were bootleg and a bootleg, right? The CCs were Chanel's. We didn't own that. Mm -hmm. Everything else aesthetically was original home fam. Right. People were bootlegging. It was the hottest thing. It was bigger than Pyrex. It was bigger than Hood by Air. It was everywhere. Like we, like I said, we didn't have Kanye behind us. We didn't have New York's fashion team behind us. I wasn't a trained designer like Shane Oliver at that point. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have the, the Tumblr generation. I didn't have New York and all the blogs behind me. It was just me, my brother, and the internet. Right. I'll tell you why they were mad because it was, it, they, they wish they made it. It got to the point where they seen something and they saw, I mean, when they seen Jeezy on Kimmel, they was like, you wish you this because this is crazy. This is like, 
And they probably didn't believe it then because they didn't know what, what, what Virgil did now. The world we live in now? Yeah, they didn't know oh that. Oh my God, it was heading there. And you know what? I'll say this. Chanel, if you're watching, it would be smart for y'all to do that. And it would be smart for y'all to give us that credit. Because eventually, you guys are the most sacred, high fashion brand. You don't do menswear. You know what I'm saying? I understand that they're the last ones to get cracked. But if you think you're making money now, wait till you start making menswear. Wait till you make that Coco hockey sweater on Chanel Fabrics and Chanel Factory. Wait to see how many of them happen. Soccer moms and yeah, rappers and everybody is going to want that. What? Louis Vuitton, Bernard Arnault was smart enough to bring Virgil in there. And that was tough. That was tough to crack that too. That yeah. was a cold to crack. Between me and you, you know, I go to Paris every six months. Between me and you, I heard that Louis Vuitton sales was up 300% under Virgil. Jeez. And I'll tie that back to the streets and the culture, yeah. to the, the emergence of Allen Iverson and Kurt Cobain and a little black kid from the outsides of Chicago seeing the hip-hop and punk rock merge with sport and sexiness and all that. The skateboarding and stuff that was Skateboarding. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Things that our generation, like, you know, what are we, two generations after civil rights? Mm -hmm. Like the 80s babies and 90s babies? Like, like Seeing the, the emergence of the tanning of the culture of America, like Steve Stout's dead, mm -hmm. and then globalizing it, I just feel like Chanel, man, if y'all up 20 billion right now, y'all might be up 80 if y'all have some black jeans that says with the Chanel logo and a simple white tee that men could wear and right. the Coco hockey sweater. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. They know they need that Coco hockey sweater. Louis Vuitton suit, uh, Supreme, then turned around and did the biggest collab of our era. Crazy. Yeah. They sued them and then they come back in full circle. Now they did a collab. They just had to because popular it don't matter, man. If it's popular, they they need to be a part of it, bro. Yeah. It's an addiction, bro. Like they don't want to be left out no matter what level they in. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Even in fashion, I don't want to be left out. You think though? You think Chanel will ever pull the iron curtain back and get into streetwear? Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury, with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long 
and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. I feel like they would, man, because it's, the world is changing, man. Look at the, look at the position everybody's in. Like, you're wearing the X, bro. The, you was just in fashion week. You saw the type of baggy. Everything's baggy, bro. How we back? How we Harlem shaking again? How we tall teaming? Be, behind the scenes, you don't see him, Matt. You, you know you into the street culture. You into the high-end stuff. You, what you think about that? You think Chanel will ever do something like that? Are they just going to stay traditional for the rest of eternity? And be the only ones. I think they'll eventually evolve. I mean, they're like men's sneakers now. and mm-hmm. they'll keep. That was like, what, 10 years ago maybe? Yeah. yeah. So I think they'll slowly get into all that. Yeah. I think they're getting pushed. I, get, I think they're getting pushed in, into the corner right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. Even, you know, rest in peace Virgil. But rest in peace Carl Lagerfeld. Yeah, yeah, and rest in peace Carl Lagerfeld for, for a fact. But Carl was doing stuff urban somewhat too, but not, you know what I'm saying? Not with the brand. He was like doing his own thing on the side. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because Lil yeah. Durag got a little something with him. Shout out Lil Durag. Shout out Lil Durag. She knows she is. Global. Lil Durag, you know that's your code name. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah, like doing that stuff because that wasn't officially, was that, that wasn't officially Chanel. No. You know what I'm saying? That was just called Lagerfeld via her. I don't think that, I don't think that any type of mainstream business, large or small, could deny the street culture anymore. Like you said, the hip hop, the punk rock, the skateboarding, the hooping, the just the the, the culture is just, it's everything, bro. Like we said a couple couple days ago when we were talking about it, I come from the era of where you were watching like TRL and 106 in part, yeah. where where Joel and Benji Madden had on the same diamonds that Birdman and Wayne had on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like so that's that's where we live, bro. And like we live in that convergence of culture, bro. Like, of course, you know, everybody knows who Pamela Anderson was, right. Tommy Lee, but everybody knew who... Crazy rock star. Yeah, but we knew who Puff Daddy was. We knew who Master P was, you know? Mm-hmm. We knew who AI was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, people know Tom Brady. They respect Tom Brady, but they also respect OBJ. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A black man knows that Brad Pitt is a handsome man. He also knows that fucking Michael B is a handsome man. Yeah. Like, we know these things, bro. We know that 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 Pamela Anderson had a very nice rack, right. you know. But we also know Beyonce had a nice, 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 nice booty. Honey, a nice honey. You know, <laughs> Dick Cheney knew what booty licious was. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. that's the culture, bro. Like the culture is everything, bro. Yeah, we so, live in it. Yeah, so by by living in it, you know what I'm saying? We we gonna get we we can bring it behind the scenes a little a little we can give small stories of of how we me and you. We can talk about how me and you. How we met? Yeah, we can talk about how me and you. Can met. I tell him? Can I tell him? Yeah, you tell him. All right, man. So when I got my money and I left my grandma's house, I always wanted to live downtown. When I was a little kid, we used to live on the west side. You know, so I grew up in on the west side. My parents died when I was younger, my mom. So my grandparents had joint custody. So 
during the week I lived on the west side, West LA, Santa Monica, Beverly Hills adjacent. On the weekends, I lived with my father's parents in Compton. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I always say I had the two different point of views. I had the street, you know, hood view, ghetto fabulous, you know, and then I had the west side, Jewish kids, Mexican kids. Just I had that good just convergence of all the cultures, right? Yeah, so I understood glamour, I understood street code, I got it, bro. And that's what we that's in the DNA of Om Film. You know what I'm saying? So like my boy Edo. He's like, yo, and it was a cool kid from, I think he's uh, from, damn, where's Edo from? He's from San Jose, but more distinctively, he is from, damn, I want to say Croatia, like right there by Croatia, yeah. Montenegro, yeah. one of those countries, mm -hmm. him and his brother, uh, Sonny and his little brother, like, so Edo was like, yo, you got to come over one day, man, I'm having a powwow of creatives, and Edo's, you know, I, I respect Edo a lot, so of course I pulled up. And Flash was there. <laughs> He's like, who is this? And Flash, if you don't know Flash, man, of course, you know, we, we've been brothers for six years now. But Flash, you know, he is an overbearing figure. He is very muscular. He speaks up for himself. And, you know, he doesn't have a problem letting you know what he wants. <laughs> So I'm like, bro, and he's a New Yorker. And I'm just like, bro, I, these New Yorkers, man, they just always so aggressive. Yeah, I'm like, bro, get out of my face, bro. Like, get that New York mumbo jumbo off me, bro. Like, don't be trying to big body me, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, but he had on the, what you had on the off-white? Uh, yeah, off-white on. You had off-white on, too. Yeah, but you had, I had the Blazers. I did yeah, have to. We had somebody. You bought somebody in front of me. I no, your boy pulled up with the. K, K pulled up. That K. K. He pulled up with the either the Pressos. I think it was the Pressos. Yeah, it was the Pressos. The off-white Pressos. Yeah, pressos. yeah, and I'm like, damn, what this dude got some drip. So, we ended up linking up, and uh, we went to Miami, and we we had a spot in Miami, and we did the whole Miami thing, and I remember I had did a pop up with Phil the Mirror. Mm -hmm. 2017. The next year I linked up with Flash, walked right in that one sucker. Like live, which was We did it like we do it like Moses when we go in there. We, we spread the red sea. As soon as you walk in, they spread the red sea. Phil, Mike, all of them, they know it's up and, and it's I'm like, I'm like, boy, this New York dude, he talk a lot, but he sure back it up. <laughs> like, yeah, so you know Liv, Lil Wayne. Live on Sunday. Can't get down this dumb. Call me Kelly Bundy. Like, we was in there, man, and we we do stuff like that every time. Every time, and then yeah. like, and then, and then from that having all the drip ball always being ahead, right? They have no idea that you've been hitting them over their head back to back to back with collabs. Let's talk about some of the collabs. Some of some of you. Let's talk about your favorite collab first. Let's let's go to where your favorite. Collab. We just circling back a lot, right? Yeah. So I didn't know Flash at the time. He said he was running around the world with Ryan Leslie. Mm -hmm. So my boy Edo, who I met living downtown, plugged me in with Ryan Leslie, who also plugged me in with Flash. Edo, not Ryan. Uh, I did a collab with Ryan. It was called the Black Mozart. Yep, and that's what I, that's what I was doing. I was on tour, running around with them, 
So I was on boy Miles too. He brought, he introduced me to Ryan and introduced me to uh, Edo, and that's how I met them. I was yeah. So that was our first collab with Ryan. Uh, we done. We haven't really done too many collabs. We did the appointment only with Phil the Mirror. Mm-hmm. Dope shirt, half half and half shirt stitch. Literally Miami Hurricanes and Miami Dolphins. You've seen nothing like that before. We might have to retro that. Yeah, we might like, have to. That was dope. Uh, you need Brian McKinney to mess with it. Yeah. And then the collabs, man. Oh, man. We did, a, of course, we did the shoes with my boy, Cool Kai. Yeah. Like, Kai. them went crazy, man. Yeah, Kai. Man, he went in heavy, right? He got yeah. Him, we collabed with Kai a lot, and we never really did nothing too corporate, man. We did the sweaters with Kai. I love that when Alicia Keys put them joints on. I ain't gonna lie, that was a moment for me. I seen that, I felt like, I felt proud. I'm like, yeah. I love Keys, man. That's I love crazy, it, man. man. Alicia Keys, Swiss Keys, and, Keys. and the kids. Yeah, and the kids. Whole family. Whole family yeah. holding them out. Yeah, we did. We went crazy with that, man. And, you know, Kai had the shoes going crazy, and then, you know, he always reach out just to work and stuff like that. He been supporting me for almost, what, the, the whole time, and I've been reaching out to him, too, likewise, and uh, we put the corduroy on the shoes, man, and I switched it up. That went crazy. He had the patent leather thing going, and he had the, the new buck going, but we put that corduroy on there, and we gave him that. We the whole corduroy shoe, and to bring it back, you brought it back to that Beverly Hills Hotel vibe again, the same, the same... Beverly Hills Hotel, Fresh yeah. Prince of Bel Air. We put that colorway on him, man, and can't take nothing away from him, man. He 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 been doing his thing on the East Coast for a long time, but I'ma say that was the best air Kai. Nah, I believe it. Kai, you, you know that was definitely the best you air. You know that was the best one, Kai. You know might have to run it back to the low top Kai. Yeah. Looking at you right now, you run the low top, low yeah. top back. That was that was the best one. The streets might tell you that too, and you know, ball don't lie. Uh, so yeah, man. Like uh, coming up, we got. We got a good, we got a big collab coming. Yeah, something we, that's gonna really shake up the whole internet. We shake know. up. I mean, we already shake the internet. I'll tell you one time we shake the internet up, and we kind of risked our lives uh, for that. We can, we can get a little piece of that. Oh <laughs> man! About the mob or mob. Oh wait, wait, wait! Hold on, respectfully, respectfully, respectfully. We did the mob ties collab. Yeah. Respectfully to my big brother Junior. You know what I'm saying? Jazz, baby Jay. Yeah, Junior just being here, Jay Prince. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out to, of course, Jay Prince, man. You know, like I said, man, we just the father of Southern rap. Right? Let's let's keep that. We just no pun intended. We we really tied into the culture, man. Like it's it's in our fabric. You know, I don't know if you had a chance to let them know, Flash, exactly what your family history is, but I know I'm not the interviewer. You know, I'm not the interviewer, but let let them know like exactly why you are who you are and where you come from. So, basically, my uncle is a legendary pioneer, rap pioneer, uh, love folks. Pause for a second, Popper. I need a little bit more enthusiasm from you on that. (laughs) So, basically, my uncle, you know what I'm saying, he's the person who invented and helped coin the phrase hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? Love Bugs Starsky. He's uh, big and, you know, one of the songs you probably hear him a lot and you don't even know it, singing it subconsciously is uh, Biggie, Juicy, you know, it was all a dream. I used to read Bird Up magazine. You know, so I kept my up in the limousine, yeah. hanging pictures on my wall. Yes, yeah, you know what I'm saying. And like, and not, and not to cut you off, man, I'm gonna be the interviewer for a second. Yeah, that's all right with y'all. Like, these are the things that we know, bro. Like, we know these things, like we know Jesus loves me. This I know, for yeah. the Bible tells me so. Or we know this, like we know, like the three little piggies. Or you know, these are these are tales that we you know. Hip hop being the biggest genre in the world, mm-hmm. the numbers back it for itself. 
the 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 music that helped bridge the youth of the world and the, those people being 50 years old now being 20 years old now you know we got people in hip-hop that's 55 like you know like you know people like your uncle is probably 60 now mm -hmm. 65 yep. so we've been around but like his uncle created the term hip-hop like the actual fabric created the thing and in fashion and hip-hop is so hand-in-hand -hand with that, you know what I'm saying? You know, when Biggie was wearing the coochie sweaters, you know, they couldn't tell him nothing. They Eddie said, Bauer. Yeah, Eddie Bauer and coochie sweaters, you know what I'm okay. saying? And he, and, he, and he tells you, Peace to Ron G, Brucey B, Kid Capri, Funk Master Flex, Love Bug, Star Ski. Yeah. So me coming up, man, I grew up in, like I said, on the weekend, Southside Compton, and it's very glamorous. We don't glamorize the street culture. We don't glamorize drug dealing. We don't glamorize gangster stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, you gotta see part of it though, because the uh, old boy, the way that he dressed, he wanted to be like him. Yeah, he had, and he had the girls, he had the money, he had the lifestyle. The streets is the streets. A lot of the times we say, like you know, the difference between perception is how you see it. Mm -hmm. You got dope boys in in Boston. You got dope boys in Chicago. Right. You know what I'm saying? They might not be the same complexion as us, but they're doing the same thing. You know, you got. What's the difference between a hood rat and trailer trash? Right. Complexion. Yep. Same shit, though. You know what I'm saying? People are smoking everywhere. So where I come from, your uncle being someone that created the term hip-hop, I grew up on a block where Suge Knight and Tupac was driving down a block. You see it. And I'm seeing it. When, when Tupac got beat up at the Lakewood Mall, I knew about it before the media because that was my block. I knew Baby Lane growing up. Like, he was the other brother of the kids. Like, Keith D, you met Keith D. Yeah, respectfully, and, I, and we gonna get it right, Keith. Like, Keith D is my goddad. Like, allegedly, Keith D, respectfully, is the one that they say, you know, sent Pac to heaven. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Allegedly. allegedly. But I've I seen the fly stuff there. I've seen the lowriders, man. I've seen the money. I've seen the Cadillac Escalade before anybody had it. I've seen the throwback jerseys before people had it. I've seen the celebrities, the rappers. I seen Madonna, like I seen it, bro. I seen it, bro. I seen it. I went to high school with Nipsey Hussle, mm -hmm. Shia LaBeouf, Amarion. You know what I'm saying? I seen the the whole culture growing up, bro. And I just think that I'm glad that you got a platform, bro, because I think that it's so many stories that we need to be told. Because it's kids like us and everywhere, like you know, it's it's, it's culture, but it's but it's respected. But you can communicate based off that. Because we're familiar, we're familiar, and we can communicate. No, like I said, man, you whether you watch TRL or you watch 106 and Park, you've seen the same thing. Right. You know, whether it was Carson Daly or Free and AJ, you know Carson Daly. Yeah, of course I know. I know Free and AJ. Yep. You know, like we all seen that MTV News. Tupac is dead. I was nine years old. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we've seen that. That's ingrained in our DNA. That's what we want to do with the clothes. That's what we're doing with the clothes. With the um, with the collabs, right? From where we was at with the collabs, the riskiest one. It was crazy. It was fun though. It was fun. It was a fun time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I have to get it. I have to talk about this because it has to be on the wax. You get it on wax, me. Nobody say, even know. Like I'm gonna say that it was a hard collab though. It was the craziest collab. Montage collab is one of the hardest collabs. This guy say it straight up. Leather jackets, all of that. The streets went crazy. Like he's still wearing it to this day. All right, man, so I'm teaching right now. Yeah. We teaching right now. So you got hip-hop, right? Mm -hmm. You got New York, of course. Right. That's you. Mm -hmm. You got the West Coast. That's yes. me, yep. right? And then you got somewhere in the middle, the South. 
What do you say? South got something to say. South got something to say. Who bigger than Jay Prince? Nobody. Right? Ghetto boys. Ghetto boys. Too, who, many, who, too many names to say. Who who came from the streets out the third ward and built this up and created Southern hip hop, a, a figure for Jay Prince is someone that Master P and Berman look up to. Yeah, because they had to get the DNA from somewhere. He was the first. Yeah. So, so Jay Prince was the guy, but he wasn't necessarily as as wanting to be out in the open as much as him. I can't mm-hmm. speak for him, but I would say they built on top of his platform. Right. Now you got like people like QCP and Coach K who built on top of them, mm-hmm. who built on top of the, oh, oh, the Master P's and them, right? And the so Jay Prince was the first, and I'm pretty sure when you sit down with Jay Prince yeah. and Junior and all them, Jay Prince will let you know who he built on top of. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was a mentor there for him too. Right? right? The Mob Ties collab. Cliff Notes, man. I'm, maybe y'all kids don't care about the Ghetto Boys. Maybe y'all don't care about Scarface and all that, but I bet you care about... Oh, you talking about Pimp C. You talking about UGK. I, I don't think... If the kids don't care about, about Scissor, Bus, my big brother Bun B, if they don't care about them, I bet you they know Drake. Oh yeah, of course they know Drake. We love we love all of that, but the boy the boy, the boy is, is different. Yeah, the boy is different. And there would be Drake couldn't just run around here, you know, a main man how he could if it wasn't for Jay Prince and yeah. the people. And the people. And when we say mob ties, we don't mean like criminal organization. Yeah, we mean family organization. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Organized bosses, a movement of yep. organized bosses, right? that are doing things together, man, and it's... On a higher consciousness. It's a family, and I'll tell you why it's a family, because when we was down there for them two weeks, mm-hmm. I felt the hospitality, man. I definitely felt the Great food. I felt the welcoming of the city of Houston. Yeah. I felt the saltiness of the food. The saltiness. But I didn't feel that saltiness from none of them, though. No. Yeah, not at all. No I, I felt the love from the law enforcement. Yep. And the people that was protecting us in the city, I felt the love from everybody, man. It was crazy. Riding around in motorcades all day, and when, at night. And when you and when you got that stamp, it means something. Right. And you and you know you want to be, you want to be loyal to that because they treat you really well. Mm-hmm. And mob ties was big. I don't feel like it got enough exposure. Press. That it did. I, I wish it got a lot more exposure, but you still was on complex. You know, headline that, you know what I'm saying? That was big. But like I said, that's great and all that, man. Mm-hmm. And we could talk about the blogs and them not knowing what's going on. Yeah. But we could, that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother episode, man. The streets get it, man. And I don't care how cool you are on the internet. I don't care what blog company, media company you work for. When you walk outside that office, when you log off out the metaverse, what's your pull like in the streets? Right. And when you go in the wild and you be in different... I don't know. We go to all all the shows, all the shows yeah. we go to. We see them in the wild. Remember, we was in um, what was that spot we, when we went to Miami, Rolling Loud, Miami, and we walked out. I never forget. We walked out of the back, and the dude walked up. And he said, he said something to you. He was like, "Yeah, that shirt hard." And you was like, "Yeah, they appreciate that, man." He said, "Yeah, I got the same thing, the different color." He said. That's my brand, man. I own this brand. He said, oh, yeah, let's tap in. He's too cool for school. He didn't want to tap in. He didn't even know. He tried to act like he didn't know. I'm a lot like Jay Prince, man. I, I really didn't never wanted to be out in the forefront. Mm-hmm. But one thing Flash kind of taught me, man, is that you, you know, and I, I never had a problem speaking up for myself, but yeah. you got to let them know. You got to let them know who you, you are, man. If not, they're going to try to tell your story for you. And they can't do that. We're going to do that ourselves. And that's why I said I'm glad 
that you got this platform now because a lot of our friends, man, a lot of our friends, a lot of our associates, even some people that we're not too cool with, man, they need to tell them stories because right. it's a lot. And, you know, content is really one of the biggest things that humans want. They want to hear real stories. They want to know what it was like. They, you know, a lot of kids that grew up in, you know, affluent areas want to know what it's like to grow up in the inner city. We want to know what it's like to grow up in affluent areas. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's why we take these trips, man. That's why we stay at the Four Seasons, George Five in Paris. You know what I'm saying? That's why we do what we do. That's why we hop on the private jets. We do it, you know, we do it while we can because we didn't necessarily have that in front of us. And we're blessed to be able to do that stuff sometimes. And we want to see what it tastes like, man. We want to see what it looks like and what it feels like. And just having a brand, man, it's surreal, bro, because a lot of people tell me now that I'm like, really there, but I just don't feel like it, man. You can walk around and we'll show you, like, I just got so much more, man. I, I look at TV shows like Secession, man, mm -hmm. and I see, like, I identify with Logan, right? Because mm -hmm. Logan was, like, a kid that didn't grow up wealthy, and, like, he created Waystar Royco, and it's, like, based off of Rupert Murdoch, I believe, I and mean, he, like, created the biggest media company ever. I don't care if you don't like him. I don't care if they say that he created a a Voltron starship of negativity. I just mm -hmm. care about he created something from the ground up yeah. and it was the biggest. And I don't think I'll be satisfied until I'm the biggest. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroesfilm.com to get tickets now. Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com blueprints.
It's and overall. It, yeah. And I and pray you're saying big, it's not just streetwear. Because I like people say streetwear. I don't even view this as being streetwear. I view this as fashion, period. I'm going to tell you like this, man. Fly stuff, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you clothing. like this, man. And I ask this question respectfully. Because of the internet, it's, I said in a, in a couple minutes ago, it's a gift and a curse, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's a gift and a curse, because so many people have the opportunity, which is great. Yeah. But you got to be able to, like, you got to show people the difference between you and other people. Some people is here for a good time. Mm -hmm. Some people is here for a long time. Me, I'm here for a long time. Right. Some people just want the credit. They want the girls. They want to make some quick money. They want the clout. Me, I want to be the biggest. I don't, Like you said, streetwear, street fashion. Like People ask me about on family, what's my goal? My goal is to be big like Zara and important like Chanel or, or Gucci. And You know, that might sound far-fetched to you, but... All it is is time. Mm -hmm. So time. You know and how long are you willing to stay in the game? Who can stay in the game all four quarters without having to take a break? I seen the Gucci movie, man, on the plane going to India. Mm -hmm. House of Gucci. And I seen it. And I seen how the brand took off, like, in the in the, in the late 80s and 90s when they brought Tom Ford over there. But I just seen how it was ran, bro. And, it's like, to me, it's a generational thing, man. If I could be Logan Roy being a fictional character mm -hmm. and be 80 years old and still have my hand on, on film, that will be tight. But I see the brand being around for generations. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I might just have to be long gone. I might exactly. I might be just the person that started it, and I think the name is so ambient. It's man and woman. Right. You know, when Jay Prince asks what it he said, means, he said, "What does this mean?" Yeah, you know, because because the he street, said, man, woman, what that? Yeah, because some people man, said, they see the name and they don't understand it's a French connotation for man and woman. Yeah. Man plus woman. Whether you're religious or not, you know, if you want to take the religious path in the beginning, God created the earth and he created man and woman. If you believe that the universe created us, scientifically, there's a man and there's a woman, right? right? Mm -hmm. That's the genesis of life. So we got that going for us. Mm -hmm. We got the the French sounding, you know, it sounds real sexy to the inner city right. and to the Europeans, you know, it's just simple. You know, yeah. in the hood, they try to call it homemade family. They, they call it whatever they, they want, man. They remember at least they know, because they, they didn't even know how to say Versace yet. Hey, you call it Versace, Fosace, yep. it doesn't matter, man. Same thing. They it's call same. it Balmain, 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 Coochie, Gucci, Poochie, whatever. It's all the same thing. Yeah, it, it's all the same thing, man. Right. Like, yeah, it's all the same thing. That's crazy. So, like... Man, this this right here is good, man. You know, we, we created a family here, man, and, like... Matt is our family. Flash is our family. You know, like, mm -hmm. like the people that work here and that put in their time and their effort, man. The team, bro. We we a family. We look after each other, man. We make sure everyone's good, like. And I, to me, that's what it takes, bro. It, it it's generational, like, and it's also territorial for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I care about the people that care about me, right. and I, and I want to be an example for someone. That might not even know me. That just sees me and that's inspired by me. Right. Sometimes I don't even know these kids be looking at me, man. I, I see my Instagram. It don't got a blue check by it. I'm not getting... I don't have enormous growth. But then, you know, I look in my DM and I see a kid that's like, yo, I had my brand for a year, man. You inspired me. I never met this kid before. Right. And I, I want to be do good for them. I want to make sure that as I'm learning, because I'm still learning, I'll be at my 10th year next year, but I didn't go to fashion school. But you know what they say. It's 10 years. Ten years of anything you're doing, it takes ten years of anything you're doing to be the the top dog, and yeah. you have to put ten years in no matter what. For yeah. the kids at home watching, 
this is what you have to do. If not, just say goodbye. Ten years, ten thousand hours. Yeah. Like you got, yeah, a little nugget to the kids. Consistency. Like that's it, man. Like all I got to say, I haven't been the best. I I've had recent times in the past few years where I had fourteen cents in our account because you know I had to go pay a vendor or you know I fucked the money off on a product that I thought would be good that didn't sell good and I had to wait till from Friday, Thursday really, to that next Monday for that next direct deposit to hit to keep the business going. I've had to borrow money from my brother a few times, a couple friends got me some some POs from Greece and stuff like that. Like it's been a lot of times where, you know, I felt like this thing could be over, but I just I just feel like it's never gonna be over. Nah, it's never gonna yeah. be over. Because it's like yeah, when you become autopilot, bro, we we're autopilot, bro. When we walked up to the boy, the way that we walked up to the boy, yeah, and, and meeting the boy Drake when we went to him to where do we go? Where do we go for that? What was that called? What were you at? Uh Artists Artist of the, of the Decade. decade. Yeah. We got the Artists of the Decade and this is before the football stadium. But even that's open to that's the crazy because we're talking about consistency and longevity and we're talking yeah. about ten years. And then you say artist of the decade. When we think about Drake, Drake wasn't the most. He wasn't Drake now. He wasn't cut. He didn't have a beard going. He was. He might have been a little dweebish to people. Right. A lot Back of people. Day, people didn't probably yeah. even believe it. They a lot of people say he's from Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a gangster. Is he rapping or is he singing? Mm-hmm. And we really went to a party at the five billion dollar football stadium Ram Stadium that wasn't way. open yet to the public no one's ever seen it where they were celebrating a Canadian rapper that seems like the most consistent thing in all of music artists of the decade you got Lady Gaga in there and the moment we in there we chilling you already know wait you got Lady Gaga yeah, inside in there. the spot and they didn't even do that he did that first and shout out to the family man shout out to my big brother T for walking us up to him. Yeah, that was crazy. Now, nah, yeah. prior, before we tea even walked us up, we he was, was doing us the whole night. We was drinking ginger ale. And Drake was right behind by us. the bar, and Drake is standing right behind us, but I didn't even shout see out, my Shout out yet. to TV Gucci. Yeah, yet. I didn't even see TV yet. Before I, I introduced you to TV that night. You did. Because Christian introduced me to TV. Shout out to my brother Christian. The mob ties would not be possible without Rodney Pins. It's really Rodney Pins. And yeah. I can tie that back to my boys in Dallas. Scotty and Larry and Jay Bar and them for putting me on with Rodney and Rodney putting me on with Christian who introduced us to Junior. Who introduced us to Junior yeah. and Jazz and then. Jazz and Baby Jay and the Pops, the old man. Yeah, the old man. You know what, you know what I'm saying? saying? Like introducing us there, man. It's, like I said, man, it's all about just brotherhood, family, and just connecting and longevity and like everything that I've gotten as far as just because of people, man, and just how I've treated people and how. I never looked down on people no matter where they were. Like, because someone looked down on me 10 years ago and told a talented artist that he shouldn't work with me. And look, look what happened now. Now, all the artists is working with us, even the biggest artists. We would probably be bigger artistically if we still, who knows how big we would have been, right? Mm -hmm. If me and David had stuck it out together, because he's one of the most talented artists out, Mm -hmm. right? He could take these walls and turn them into art with a spray can. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. In an hour. Crazy. Who knows? But, uh, you know, like we, hey, Hov was going to always be Hov. Hov is going to be Hov. You know the numbers was, that he's going to do. Yeah. Men lie, women lie, what doesn't lie. Yeah. So I, w- I think I would have always been here in some way. I think to myself, what would I have done if I didn't do clothes? Maybe I would have been like 
like Coach K and Q and QCP. Right. Maybe we would have had a record label instead. Yeah, you don't know when the, we don't know what the future holds. We saying here, you know what I'm saying? When you dominate something in one sport, eventually you get Maybe we would have made an app. Yeah, you, you know? know. But you never know. You like you might end up being Dion. You know how Dion was playing football and baseball at the same time. You don't know what's gonna go on. At one point you might just be like, I wanna do some other stuff. You Maybe know I wanna start singing. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> we got all the best producers in the world, we connected with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like with, with the whole warehouse and stuff and I wanna bring them around and show them and stuff like that, but just because we might have to do a part two. I might be going a lot of y'all at home. We might have to do a part two of this and bring y'all to Compton because there's a lot to this, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe just bring y'all on the road with us and show y'all just one small trip on the inside vibe. But, like, I just want to let you know, I love you, bro. I got a, a bottle of my heart on in front of the world, you know what I'm saying? And I love everything you've done. I've watched from the moment that I met you. You wasn't even this big, and i watched you grow since the moment that I met you. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. We traveled and done so many things. People praise us. People talk down about us. The whole thing, the trials and tribulations I experienced with you, and it's not even been a decade yet. I'm excited for what the decade holds, and here on the Underappreciated Podcast, I just want to let you know that you're appreciated, my brother, and the world appreciates you. No, I love you, man. You connect people, man. Like, you make shit happen. So I'm proud of you. I do love you, too. And, like, man, we for sure got to do a part two. Some inside stuff. You might see something exclusive. You never know what you're going to see. And it's with my brother. Yo, I forgot to, uh, well, all due respect, respectfully, I forgot. Biggest collab ever to date. Home Femme, Kentucky Derby, 148. Uh, do I need to say much? Like, Kentucky Derby, man. It's only the most prestigious two minutes in sports. You know what I'm saying? The most electrifying Sunday fun day, Sunday best, Southern hospitality, global, just reach. Like, we did that, man. Amazing. On film Kentucky Derby. It's so exclusive. I don't even got it yet. I need it's that. so exclusive. <laughs> I don't got it. And I put that on everything. You go to my house. It ain't there. You're supposed to be having a couple extra made for the family, man. Yeah, we need a few of these because this right here is special. You see me yeah. leather. Premium leather arms. Yeah, man. So, look, y'all getting to see me. All of this, you feel me? There's a lot of denim. There's a lot of tees. There's a lot of vibes. We stock inventory in here, man. We receive stuff. We got two different warehouses. Fourteen dollars per court. <laughs> you gotta have a basketball court. A little yeah. basketball court. Friendly yeah. wagers. Anybody that wants to come and get a friendly wager. Friendly on wagers. Here. So you get to see this real exclusive. He don't usually even allow this. So y'all yeah. far gone, man. The team is gone, man. But you come here between nine a.m. and four p.m. on any given day, and the whole team would be here, man. We got. We got the best team in the industry, man, and we got a young team. I, I say my team is like KD, Westbrook, and Durant on OKC. And oh, well, yeah. the only thing is, we ain't trading nobody. We ain't trading nobody. Not, and you're actually winning. And we're gonna actually win. We, we are winning. Uh, this stuff is coming out already, so. So y'all can see this wall right here. This is spring 23, man. I'll let that give you a quick glimpse, but that's not that's, that's too far in the future. Take the ideas, man, and the ideas come from growing up, hip-hop, growing up in a culture, reading dope magazines and vintage stuff, and just seeing the ideas, man, and thoughts from being a kid. Take them thoughts, put them on wax, you know, 
Or scratch it, you feel me? You put them Team on wax and scratch it, remix. You feel yeah. me? Crazy stuff. So, you see, stuff. This stuff is out of here. All of this is out of here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We didn't go too far into it, but. Yeah, we're we, we, we going to show you, you know what I'm saying? We can't say, but we're going to show you. On film, Eddie Bauer, this winter. Sheesh! So now you see. Mike is off, man. It's the other side of the business. And, I, and then for all y'all kids and even adults out there, the key to this business, man, inventory and cash flow. And as you can see, man, if you look behind you, we keep a lot of inventory. Trap steady booming. Because if we don't keep that inventory, we can't make that cash. We got all the inventory. Look at all these jackets right here, man. How much, how, how much, you, can you tell us we ready for winter and fall or what? Yeah. Like, and that was from last really? winter and fall. Oh, this from last winter and fall? We keep the inventory in the stock. Put them to sleep. And keep you know, them sleeping. As you can see, man, we're not, we not sitting in. This thing was once full right here. This was once full. And this is the last one. Because people yeah. buy this brand, man. This ain't no... This ain't no, this ain't just for the video. This, this ain't no this. Facebook advertisement, man. We're not selling the lifestyle. We living it daily, mm -hmm. man. These racks is empty. And that's not because we don't bring it in. That's because we get it out. You dig? We do our own content. So we got a secondary content wall right here. All the colors. You know, you see that stuff coming near you. When y'all be seeing all them shoots and all that stuff that goes online, this is where it happens at. This is where the magic happens at. Get to see behind the scenes. Got our own content side wall. Look at that denim chair. You know what I'm saying? You ever seen one of those? Shout out to the team, man. Oh, you know. Yeah, this is crazy. Sil, Tam, Lele, Sarah, Mike, Kai, Rachel, all y'all. Bambino, Scotty, Deja, Twan, everybody. Yeah, there's, there's more clothes on this side, too. But we ain't there's more order stuff, denim stuff. We keep the North stuff over there, the past season stuff we keep over here. And our stuff sells, and it sells back and forth. Let's take y'all to the showroom, man. We're going to be remodeling the showroom in a second, but I'm going to show you what it is in its present state. And that's where your favorite celebrities, stylists, athletes, friends of ours, family come, and they shop. That side of town, man. The lighting ain't too good in here, but... You know, see, so he got a... You know, man got the Sony A7S. Let's try to get the lighting right. So, this is the showroom, man. And as you can see behind you, man... We're getting ready for the remodel. We got the big on film neon sign going up pretty soon. Yeah, when you come in here, we're gonna turn this into a gonna turn this into a greenage wall. We're gonna have everything on there, fix the lighting, you know. Cash flow is key. Cash flow is crazy, so we can work from that. New furniture, we're gonna have stills of our current collections up, new rack concepts. But this is just all the clothes, man, that we range from shorts, yeah, shirt in. Genuine, stuff, right? yeah, not right here. This stuff right here. Oh, so behind right here, sure, something. Genuine leather. This is not that pleather, man. Shout out to Peter and all that. Yeah, you know we cruelty free. Yeah, cruelty free, man. Yeah, this they is had a good life. Man. It's halal leather. <laughs> halal, they yeah. The tees is crazy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Tees everywhere. See, look at that monocle tee. You're really being Monaco for real. Now we was in Monaco. We don't put nothing that we ain't done before, man. Good stuff. We put uh, we put shit together in here, man. They they coming from all over the world to shop with us. Jeez. Start going back to the Derby, right? 
the Kentucky Derby reached out to us. They wanted to help us. We wanted us to help them present the Derby to the to the new culture, man. So we 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 got a nice little deal with the Derby. Shout out to Casey and Emily and Valerie and the governor of Kentucky. Like everyone that gave us some opportunities and ourselves. Like, yeah, so we're telling the story of black history and also youth culture to Kentucky and to the Kentucky Derby. It's one of the pieces. One of our custom silhouettes to cut off Robert E. Beautiful. You know? So y'all see the collection. We'll show y'all in a little clip notes. And we'll have to come next year, Fox Sports. I know y'all covered the Derby, like, nobody's going to do it like us. We did it last year, and it was short notice. This year, we got a whole year to plan it. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. You already know we get the exclusive, huh? Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.